series on predestined to his purpose, which is a, um, a teaching basically around the doctrine of predestination. Uh, more specifically, we're looking at the um, way that God predestines mankind for salvation, and really that particular aspect of um, predestination. And so we've seen in the previous section that the first step that God follows in his pattern um, of predestination is that he, the first uh, aspect around it is God's foreknowledge of man. We saw previously just how intimately it is that God actually does foreknow his creations. And so that brings us now to the second step in God's pattern, and that is the predestination of man. Uh, bearing in mind, as I said, that we're looking purely at the way that God predestines mankind for salvation in this particular series. And in this section, we want to discuss um, more particularly the way that God predestines uh, unbelievers. Uh, for what we'll see in a later section when we look at the way that God predestines believers, he deals with them quite differently in the method that he uses to predestine believers. Um, but we'll see that with regards to the way that God predestines the lives of the unbelievers, um, we can see very clearly that there are none in heaven today that should be in hell. Because don't forget, we said that God is the one who, who decides who, who can be saved and who cannot be saved. And we saw the reason around that was based on the foreknowledge of God. But there are none in heaven today that um, should be in hell because of the way that God bases the predestination of the unbelievers. And so, even though God knows those who can't be saved, because we've gone through the reasons as to why it is that God chooses those that can be saved and those that cannot be saved, it would still be, uh, God can't arbitrarily condemn those who cannot be saved to hell, because that would make him unjust. And God is not unjust. We've already gone through that aspect in this series thus far. So the way that God overcomes the problem um, in that he prevents those who should, cannot be saved, who he deems that cannot be saved from, from being saved and thus entering into heaven, is the way that God overcomes the problem is in the method that God chooses to proclaim the salvation of man um, to them. And we can pick that up in this passage of scripture. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 to 23. The scripture says, For since in the wisdom of God, the world, through wisdom, did not know God, it pleased God, through the foolishness of the message preached, to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. So, why did God choose this particular method to save mankind? For we see in, the, in this passage, it said, the scripture says, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Well, the reason that God chose this mechanism to save mankind is because this gospel of salvation is then preached to everyone throughout the earth. And we've already uh, dealt with that previously in this series. And so... Everyone who chooses not to accept this gospel of salvation of their own free will choose not to respond to the gospel of salvation. And so God in this life does not override the free will of mankind. And so he remains just 
in not choosing the unbelievers for salvation. And so it's in the mechanism that God uses to save man, i.e. through the foolishness of the preaching of the gospel, that God is able to prevent the unbelievers from being saved. And the unbelievers being the ones that he has said, these ones cannot be saved. And thus he has predestined them for destruction. So how does God do that? How does... Um, if, if it's the free will of mankind that decides to either accept or reject the gospel preached, where does the predestination of God come in? Because, all right, we understand that God chooses the mechanism of preaching the gospel as the mechanism to um, ensure that unbelievers are not brought into the kingdom of God because they don't believe the gospel. But where is the predestination aspect of it coming in then? Because we're saying that God predestines certain individuals for destruction. And because he does so, they are not, they do not believe the gospel when it's preached to them. So again, you know, we, they reject the gospel as an act of their own free will. So where's the predestination of God? How do we see God's hand in that particular act? Well, we see it in the way that the gospel is proclaimed and the response to the gospel. And we're going to have a look at um, four witnesses in Scripture to show us that the way that God um, ensures that those who are predestined for destruction, i.e. they, they cannot be saved, um, the way that God does it is that He blinds the minds of the unbelievers so that they cannot see the truth of the gospel. And thus he remains just because the gospel is proclaimed to them openly. They hear it. They do not understand it. And because they do not understand it, they classify it as being foolish. And they reject it out of hand. And so as an act of their free will, they reject the gospel of salvation that is pro proclaimed to them. And thus God remains just in his... his um, predestining them for destruction because they of their own free will have chosen not to believe his gospel. So how does God do it? Well, we can pick up, we're going to, as I say, we're going to look at four witness accounts in scripture to prove to us the point that it, the, the mechanism that God uses to prevent the unbeliever from um, responding to the message of the gospel is that he blinds their minds so that they cannot understand it. And the four witnesses will be the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus, the prophet Isaiah, and the prophet Paul. And so the first witness that we'll have a look at is the witness of the Holy Spirit. And we pick up this account in Acts chapter 16, verse 13 to 15. The scripture says, And on the Sabbath day we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to the woman who met there. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. And so we see in this particular passage of Scripture that uh, Holy Spirit reveals to us just how it is that God blinds the mind. Because in this account, we see a whole number of women who are seated together 
and they're listening to the Apostle Paul preach the gospel. But there's only one woman who responds to his message. Uh, the others that were sitting next to Lydia, uh, it, what Paul preached to them, it meant absolutely nothing to them. But Lydia, it meant um, something to her, and she thus responded to it, and she was saved. Now, what happened? What was the difference between the, the Lydia and the woman that was sitting alongside of her? Well, the scripture says, the Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And so, very clearly, had God not opened Lydia's heart to hear that which was, that Paul was speaking, she would have been just like the other woman. Paul would have been just speaking into the air because none of the other women understood the gospel message that he was preaching. Or if they did, they mocked it uh, and they, they, they treated it with scorn. But because God opened Lydia's heart, she could then understand the gospel. And as a result of that, she responded to the gospel and she was saved. And so that is the mechanism that God uses to keep the unbelievers from entering into the kingdom of God. He blinds their minds, he blinds the mind of the understanding so that when the gospel is proclaimed to them, no matter how many times it is proclaimed to them, they cannot understand it. So someone who is not predestined for salvation can hear the gospel preached to them over a hundred times and it would make no sense to them. In fact, they would count it foolishness, they would scoff at it because it is only when God opens the heart of the understanding of those who are called to the kingdom that one can then respond to the gospel of salvation and thus be saved. And so that's the, the simple method that God uses. In, that's where the predestination side comes in. Because God chooses who can and cannot be saved. And so we, God, as we said, has to be just in the way that he deals with mankind on this issue. And so he doesn't arbitrarily then just um, say to this one, you can't be saved and then... Um, sends them, cast them into hell. He allows his gospel to be preached to them. They hear it and they reject it of their own free will. Now you tell them that they're rejecting the gospel because they don't understand it. They laugh at you. They scoff uh, at that concept because their viewpoint is they understand perfectly. In fact, they, their viewpoint is they understand more than the preacher of the gospel. And so they ridicule the one who proclaims the gospel. And so God remains just in um, condemning them to destruction. Why? Because he has proclaimed his gospel to them. They of their own free will have rejected it. The second witness we'll have a look at is the prophet Isaiah. And the passage of scripture we'll look at is in John chapter 12, verse 37 to 41. The scripture says, But although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him. Talking about our Lord Jesus that the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke. Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. These things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke of him. And so in context, the Apostle John, because this is a passage out of the, the Gospel of the Apostle John, John chapter 12, 
he's explaining to us why it is that even though Jesus had done so many signs in front of the Jews, they still could not believe in him as their Messiah. The reason given to us in Scripture through the prophet Isaiah is because God had blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts. And the reason that God did that, the Scripture says, lest they should see with their eyes and lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them or save them. And so very clearly, um, even though Jesus was the Son of God in the earth, obviously operating as the Son of Man, proclaiming the gospel to the Jews, showing them the signs of the healings and the miracles that he did, the Jews could not believe in him because their hearts and their minds were blinded. God is the one who had done that. And because of that, they ridiculed Jesus. They, they crucified him. They wanted nothing to do with him. But nevertheless, God remains just in condemning them to eternal damnation. Why? Because they heard the gospel proclaimed to them freely from the Son of God himself. They saw the signs, but they chose to ridicule, ignore, and discount them. And so God remains just in not choosing them for salvation. But we're discussing the mechanism. So we're seeing um, how it is that God's predestination of unbelievers takes effect in their, in their lives, in that they cannot be saved. The third witness we'll have a look at is the witness of our Lord Jesus Christ himself. And we pick up that account in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 21 to 22. Scripture says, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. And so here our Lord Jesus, again in this passage, very clearly teaches us that God the Father is the one who has hidden the truth of the gospel from, uh, our Lord um, identifies uh, certain categories of people here, he talks about the wise and the prudent. And he says, and God the Father has revealed them to babes. Now, in, when our Lord said that, he's not saying that all wise and all prudent will never understand the gospel, and only those who are babes can understand the gospel. For the Apostle Paul does give us a bit more revelation along this line in 1 Corinthians 1, 26 and 27, when he says, look around you guys, we're talking about the church. He says, there's not many wise, not many noble that are called, but there are many weak that are called. And so just with regards to the wise and noble, there are wise and noble who are saved, who do see the light of the gospel and come into the kingdom, but not many of them. The majority of the church is made up of those who are weak and despised in this life. But not all who are weak and despised in this life are brought into the kingdom of God either. It's just that the majority of the church is made up of the, that category of individuals. But the point that we really want to just, uh, bring out from this particular passage of Scripture is our Lord is very clear to us that it is God the Father who hides the truth of the gospel from certain individuals and reveals it to others. And so those to whom the gospel is hidden, they cannot respond, even though they are standing in front of the Son of God himself and he proclaims it to them, they cannot see it, they cannot understand it. To them it is foolishness, they scoff at it, they rebuke, they, um, 
They really want to shut the person up that is preaching the gospel to them. However, to those whom God reveals the truth of the gospel, they respond and they become disciples of the Lord. So the, the mechanism that God uses is the blinding of the minds of the unbelievers. And it's through that mechanism that his predestination of unbelievers um, that they cannot be saved is brought about. And God remains thus just in doing just that. And the, the fourth witness we'll look at is the Apostle Paul. And that is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. The scripture says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. And so... Here the Apostle Paul gives us a little bit more insight as to the blinding of the minds of the unbelievers. For he says that in fact it is the God of this age that does that blinding. Now the reason that, uh, and the God of this age is Satan. And the reason that Satan can do that is because all in the world are under the sway of the wicked one. 1 John chapter 5, 19 tells us that. And so God allows Satan to blind the minds of all unbelievers because God has not chosen them for salvation. And so God um, allows Satan to keep their minds from seeing the light of the gospel. And therefore they cannot respond to it no matter how many times they hear it proclaimed. And so you will get people in this world who are classified as very wise. You get professors and people with doctorates and you know very um, noble people in this life. And they scoff at the gospel. They mock it as being foolishness, as a crutch that people need to have who cannot cope in this life. And thus God is just in condemning them to uh, eternal damnation because he has presented his gospel to them. Each one of them of their own free will have rejected that gospel. Now again, but the reason that they reject is because they cannot see the truth of the gospel. Why? Because the God of this world has blinded their minds. And so it is only when God opens the understanding of the unbeliever, as in Lydia's case, that they can see the light of the gospel, turn and thus be saved. And so that is how it is that God predestines the lives of the unbelievers so that they cannot be saved. And he remains just in doing so because he proclaims his gospel directly to them. They of their own free will reject it.